Today's podcast episode is sponsored by Two Christian Girls. Two Christian Girls combines faith and fashion through their trendy line of t-shirts. Their declarations of trust and reliance on God are displayed across the comfiest tees you'll ever wear. Starting Friday, November 27th, shoppers can receive 30% off two or more tees. And Black Girls of the Purpose podcast listeners can use promo code THANKFUL, all caps, to access the sale early. Head over to Two Christian Girls today to start shopping. That's the number two, christiangirls.com today to start shopping. Ladies and gents, purpose peeps, y'all know every week I get on here and I call y'all something different, but I'm excited that y'all are back on the podcast with us today. I have a friend with me, Alicia Harrison. Um, she is the Chief Operations Officer of MoneyScript Wealth Management, PLLC, and she and the CEO are married. They did, It wasn't any kind of love affair. They were married before and built the business together. Uh, his name is Yo, and he's really cool, but she has a passion for community empowerment and she has a unique background in marketing, operations, customer relations, health and fitness, and event planning that gives her a broad perspective on the value of financial planning and reaching long-term goals. Alicia is a licensed life insurance agent in California, Texas, and Georgia. She's a mom, and our kids have many play days. Well, they did before COVID, and now we just kind of <laughs> see each other when we can. She's a certified yoga instructor, personal trainer, and aspiring business coach. Alicia says her passion and purpose is to empower her community and colleagues to take control of their life, their health, and their finances. Alicia, welcome to the podcast. Well, thank you so much for that beautiful introduction. Happy to be here with you. Yes. So I always say this every single week, whenever we have women on here, I always ask our guests to tell our listeners a little bit more about them that they might not read in, our, in their bio. Um, well, let's see. I just moved here to Texas uh, less than two years ago. Uh, California native, California girl at heart, and uh, just really getting accustomed to the Texas lifestyle here. Um, let's see. I've been married to my husband going on 10 years now. It's been a beautiful journey. I am a uh, stepmother to a 19-year-old son who is uh, college-bound. He's down at Dillard University, so proud mama and a mother to a beautiful three-year-old daughter, also a caretaker, and um, just really happy to be here and really grateful for our bond and our connection and just your your influence in my life uh, since being here in Texas, you being one of the first women that I've met and really bonded with and, and that our children bonded. And uh, yeah, I'm excited to, to be here to speak to your listeners and maybe even learn a little bit um, while I'm here. 
Yes, it's it's always great to, I love when I can have women on here who are my friends. And then I also find that I have guests on here that become my friends after I have them on the podcast. So uh, we, Alicia and I actually met through my dad. So y'all, if, you're, if your dad tries to introduce you to somebody as a friend, listen, <laughs> sometimes it's a good idea. <laughs> my dad and my husband were at a, a park and they saw Alicia and my dad is super friendly and was like, oh, you guys just moved here? You should talk to my daughter. They just moved here you guys had just moved yeah yes yes so here we are almost what two years later and still going heavy and so it's really cool but I would love for you to give our listeners a little bit of history into a money script wealth management because I know that yo was doing personal finance before right and he was working in the corporate sector and then made that pivot to start his own business so tell us a little bit about that journey yeah, and it's definitely a, been a journey. Absolutely. Uh, entrepreneurship is a journey in itself. Um, it started, let's see, back in 2013, I left uh, corporate America and I left a job. I was feeling extremely undervalued, stressed, and I actually didn't really have a plan when I left that job, but I knew that I wanted more than uh, what I was given in the American uh, or the corporate America job field. And so I wanted to learn more about entrepreneurship and really working for myself. And it's definitely been a journey of just learning, um, really, I guess, self-discovery of learning, you know, my true passions and how I want to pour into others. And I actually started in health and fitness and um, just being in that industry really opened my eyes to what was possible and just the path of being a business owner. And uh, during that course, in health and fitness, I took a few business courses and, um, and one of the exercises that one of my business coaches had us do was to define our values. And it was probably the first time I actually sat down and did anything like that, that I could, that I could remember. Maybe I did it in grade school and just couldn't recall, but in my adult life, just sitting down and really getting clear on what I value, what do I value? How do I want to live my life? How do I want to ground my self and my decisions and my actions um, to get to create the life that I want. And so just that one um, exercise of just defining our values or my values, it just made me really clear of what I wanted. I wanted that financial independence. I wanted um, to, to be healthy. I wanted to share with others to uh, create financial independence and to take care of their health. And I really valued my family. And being in corporate America, myself and my husband, we didn't really see each other much. And so during this time in our lives, we were just really clear that we wanted more and um, we were able to align our values with, with one another and really um, create a vision for our lives. So what we wanted in alignment with those values and that's when Money Spirit Wealth Management was born. Um, as you mentioned, my husband, he's been in the industry now almost 20 years at the time he had 16 years experience as a financial advisor he had a solid uh, client base coming out of corporate america and uh, we took a chance on ourselves we took a chance on each other and that was back in 2016 and uh, now four years later we have money script wealth management uh, where um, all across the u.s we have a team of seven uh, team members who are really helping us grow our outreach that are helping us service our clients. So Money Script Wealth Management is our wealth management firm. It's one of the only black 
registered investment advisory firms. Um, and then we also launched the Money Script, which is really where we house our financial literacy courses, our podcasts, our community awareness, all of our resources. Um, and yeah, so it's, it's been a beautiful journey to get to where we're at today. Um, now we're here in Texas where my husband actually started his career in finance was in Texas. And so we had a large client base here. And um, for years he had been trying to convince me to move out this way. And once we started uh, visiting and learning more about the, the area, my, my father actually lives here as well. Um, I was open to it. And it was, it was really probably one of those sacrifices too that we made as entrepreneurs of how can we get the most for our money? And how can we really make this financially make sense for us? And so we made the move here to Texas and it's been a beautiful journey. And um, yeah, we're continuing to grow. And it's, especially in current times, it's been, a, it's been a true blessing. There are a few things you said that I really loved. Um, one, you talked about how you and your husband sat down and were really looking at what you could do that would align your values. And then two, the fact that y'all have the awareness to say, like, we don't really see each other that much. And I know, especially with COVID, I know even before, you know, both of you all are working outside of your home, but I know that you all have been able to spend even more time together now, um, having primarily been quarantined. And so how have you seen going in business together and doing business together? Like what, what, what ways have you seen that impact your relationship um, in a positive way? Because I think that there are some people who say, you know, okay, we don't do work and pleasure together, or, you know, I don't feel like I could ever work with, with, with my spouse, but I know personally, I feel like the person that you are with, the person that God has placed you with, even if you don't work as directly together as you two do as CEO and COO, there should be some kind of complementary skill set that says, hey, this person is helping me to walk forward in my purpose. Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I think it really came from our own individual journeys of self-discovery of us coming to a place as husband and wife and just realizing our strengths and how much we can work together. Um, I'll be honest, when my husband was working in corporate America, I never imagined he and I working together. Um, I just, I just didn't see it. And, um, you know, God had a different path and, um, and we ended up really as we, started working together just realizing how much we can communicate and 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 a lot of we got a lot of tools and resources from um from doing business and personal development courses together so it really gave us a common uh language a common communication when challenges do come about that we can come back to those resources hey all right something isn't right we got to reset we're not on the same page and just really gave us a solid foundation so that we can communicate not only as um, business owners, but also in our marriage and as parents and just the many hats that we wear together. But it really helped us um, just kind of elevate our thinking and our um, expectations of one another, um, elevating our accountability of one another, um, and just really supporting each other for the goals that we declare not only in our business but on a personal level and just always creating a space for for growth for one another and compassion and and uh it's it's been a beautiful journey we've been very uh, fortunate as as far as our our flow and how we work together and i'll say even in current times with covid we're busy we started the year off we had three employees and now we have seven 
And so we've been blessed to continue to grow and we're busy. He's working in his home office. I'm working in my home office and we check in throughout the day. But for the most part, we're, if we show up to a zoom meeting, we're going to be in separate rooms. Um, and I had to learn that too. I'm more comfortable with having my own space. I, I, I feel like I can uh, more confidently lead our team and, um, show up to meetings versus kind of being half of the screen. I need my own screen. Like I stand in my own power here. And so um, I, I, I think I'm answering the question in a sense of it's, it's, it's been good. It's been good. And I, I feel like the work that we've done leading up to 2020 has really created that foundation for us as husband and wife, as business owners, just, I mean, doing a lot of the work. And when I say the work, it's a lot of the, the soul work, the self-reflection, the, the journaling, the, the giving each other feedback when it, when it's uncomfortable and it doesn't feel good, the being open to receiving feedback from an outside source, whether it's a therapist, a life coach, a business coach, and being able to hear from with ears of, I want to grow and do better versus taking it personal and letting it, you know, kind of shut you down. And and I, I think that's really helped us uh, prevail is just being in it together, hands down. That's one of the things that I know I love about you and you and Yo together is that I like we have this common appreciation for personal development and for you know coaching and classes because I feel like you can always improve in some area, right? And I think that any person who feels like they know everything about a particular topic shortchanges themselves and shortchanges the people around them, right? So if you're really committed in the same way that as a, as a parent, if, I, if, I'm, if I'm serious about being a parent, even, before, even starting out as moms, right? We go to the prenatal classes because we want to do things right and we go to the breastfeeding classes. And so we put that effort in for other people, I feel like sometimes more, or you think about the professional development that you have to do on the job training if you are in the corporate sector. But I think it's really important and I think it's very admirable that you all take the initiative within yourselves to say, okay, you know, what are some of the courses that we can invest in this year to help our business move forward? Or what are some of the contractors that we can hire out for a, a, a few coaching sessions or for, you know, a more enhanced marketing strategy? Or I know that you and I have talked previously about um, how you've worked with a business coach that was really helping you with your messaging and saying, you know, we are for people of color. That's our passion. So I think that's really exciting. Um, when you talk about coming together, I also know that you all have been able to save a lot of money uh, during this pandemic and kind of be strategic because I think sometimes people feel like, oh, well, if you're successful and your business is generating a lot of revenue, then that automatically means we're about to get three bins, you know, three Mercedes bins. We're about to move into an even, even bigger house than what it is that we have currently. And so I would love to know uh, whenever you all are, are looking to make financial decisions, how do you decide on those things? And then again, how you've been able to save money during this pandemic? Because I know there's a specific example that I'm thinking about. Um, well, one of the things that we talk about in some of our, our financial literacy courses is the concept of having a money date. And early on in our marriage, and even before we were married, when we were engaged, uh, we really had to learn our common languaging when it came to talking about finances and uh, setting financial goals. And uh, coming into 
our relationship, we both had different money stories. We had different money scripts, as we say, the stories that we were telling ourselves about money and how to handle money and, and what, um, how we create our own personal value around money or what we're worth or we, we had our own stories. So there, there had, there was a lot of conversations up, up front in the beginning of our relationship um, when it came to money of, you know, me being a, a new wife, a new, um, a new spouse and wanting to learn how to best manage our household. We found ourselves once a week, once a month, having these money dates and, I hadn't really defined it back then of what it was, but when I look back and as we progress in our business, I'm like, okay, we've, we've been having these money dates for almost 10 years. So meaning, okay, we know we have X amount of money coming in. We have X amount of money going out. What are we going to do with the extra money? How are we going to make ends meet until the next check or, or wherever we were at in our, in our journey, but just really being consistent with the money dates and um, having those consistent check-ins has helped us even identifying new money stories or new money blocks of, you know, hey, babe, I see we're, we're building this business, um, but maybe I've, I might have had a limitation of, you know, I, I don't see it being as, as successful as maybe he does or something like that. So just really having the open dialogue consistently about what we want to create for our family and having the the reality of the numbers of, of really what money coming is coming in and going out um, and really staying staying true to that so i i feel like that's really helped us just over the course of our marriage um in building a household together and we've had a lot of ups and downs and we've had a lot of lessons along the way which is why i feel like we're so successful in our business because we get to share from a place of uh we've been through this and not you know, we're telling you what to do because it's because of the numbers. We're telling you because of what we've been through ourselves or what we've seen our clients go through. And, um, and so that's been really helpful is just having those relentless check-ins when it comes to finances, even if it doesn't feel good, even if it's uncomfortable, even if it ends up being confrontational, because maybe you have to call out your spouse about spending too much money or not saving enough or things like that. But then also, again, going back to that space of, of wanting to create a space to, of growth. So we have to have a conversation about it if we want to move forward. Um, so that's been very um, fundamental in us and our financial journey is having those money dates, um, identifying any mental blocks, and really creating, creating and setting new goals. And as far as saving money during, um, during COVID, um, I'd say one thing I've been saving is getting my nails done. Um, I've actually enjoyed saving that extra $75 a month. Um, and I've been able to reinvest it in a life coach. I have an ongoing life coach that I work with. And so, um, and I actually do my nails myself. So that's been a, a blessing there. And where else have we been saving money? I'm like, I was trying to think what you were uh, hinting to. I'm like, where are we saving money? I was money? thinking about your car. Um, Oh, that's a good one. Thank you. Thank you. So yeah, I, I think, and what I want the overall message to be really when it comes to saving money during 2020 and during this pandemic, is just really getting clear on what it is that you want and what it is that you need. And I, I wholeheartedly feel that during this time that we should really be focused primarily on the things that we need. You know, what are the necessities that you need to run your household? 
how can you cut out the extra um, so that you can save more and really get your household financially in order, uh, eliminate debt, stack some cash, and just really positioning yourself and your family for success and financial independence so that provided we're in this current state for the next 12 to 15 months that you're financially set, you know, provided if things get worse before they get better, you've already made those sacrifices. You've already cut out the extra. You focused on the difference between what you want and need. And so going back to um, us cutting back to one car. So we've had two vehicles. I want to say the entire time we've been together, probably our entire, yeah, our entire relationship. So if you think about, I mean, that average maybe a thousand to twelve hundred dollars a month that we've been spending on having um, two vehicles for transportation. Since moving here to Texas, or even since starting our business, we've been working from home. Add the the COVID, the many changes, the quarantine, we weren't leaving our house as much, and so we're really looking for ways that we can strategize and cut out extra expenses. We realized we weren't spending any money on gas because we weren't going anywhere. And so uh, CarMax was actually offering a, um, they were buying out car leases. We went and got my car um, evaluated to see how much that they would give us for it. And financially it made sense. And so now we have one vehicle. That means we have one insurance premium, one car note, and it's just really helping us to save that money and to reinvest it in other areas of our life. We reinvested in our business. As I mentioned, our team is growing. And so um, just really focusing on where it makes the most sense to spend that money versus you know where we were a year ago, where maybe we needed two cars and we had different schedules. Right now for us, it didn't make sense to have two vehicles. And so that's been um, a huge blessing for us and has helped us save and reinvest into ourselves and into our household. Um, and yeah, I, I would say that was probably one of the biggest things. I really like that you said that you took the money that you would normally spend on your nails and reinvested it into a life coach because a lot of times we might get a quote for a service that we need, or we might see someone's pricing on their website and think like, oh, I can't afford that. But it's really, and I've learned this for myself, it's really how bad do I want this? Because if I want it badly enough, I'm either going to go and work to get the money for it. I'm going to go and sell something to get the money for it. Or I'm going to do what you did and say, what in my budget that I have currently can be taken out so that I can afford this. You know, I'm really big on not even saying I can't afford something rather than saying this isn't in my budget right now. And if it's something that really matters to me, how can I work to make it a part of my budget this next month, within this next year, that type of thing. So I would love to know what would you what you would say to anyone who is listening to this podcast and they're triggered just by the words finance or budget, where they're like, girl, I'm so you know what, Brie, I love you, but I can't listen to this episode because this is about finances and that's like a pain point for me. What would you say to them? Well, really, it's it's identifying why. Why is that coming up for you? Why does it make you uncomfortable? And really getting to the heart of your money script, your money story, because really what's happening is that you're creating your own money blocks. You're getting in your own way before you even get started. And if you're not willing to sit down with your money and really take control of your finances, 
you're never going to be able to create the wealth that you want for yourself. If you're currently making $40,000 and you have a goal or dream to make six figures, if you're not sitting down right now to manage that $40,000 that you're making, how are you going to manage the six figures coming in? You're, you're not. You're not going to be able to manage it and you're not going to be able to align your spending habits and behaviors with your values if you won't even sit down and put together a budget. So it just really um, goes back to the values. And that's really what we, um, what we share with our clients when it comes to uh, making financial decisions. It's one, identifying your values so that you're making those financial decisions based on your values. And anything else that comes to you that aren't in alignment with your values, it's a no. It makes it that much easier for you to decide, okay, where do I want to spend this money? Or where do I want to invest? Or where do I want to cut back? Cut out the things that don't align with your values, what, what truly matter to you most and what are going to help you and your family um, press forward to reach your goals. I know you spoke on that, but when you just went deeper into to the values, I feel like that gave a, a, a firmer foundation to why that's important. Because I know for me, family and friends, like my relationships, I, I won't even say family and friends, my relationships are very valuable to me. And I always tell people I'm more likely to spend money on a plane ticket than I am to spend on some clothing, right? So I'll, I'm, I'm packing a bag, I'm packing the same clothes that I've been wearing for the past five years, but I'm going and I'm seeing my friend because it's her 30th birthday or a friend that, you know, they're having a baby shower. And so in the same way, there are other people who are like, listen, I don't care about what other people are doing, or, you know, if it, I don't really care about traveling that much, but I know that I want to make sure I look nice for myself, for my spouse, for, you know, my job, whatever the case may be. And so I really do see how knowing what your values are can really help with that decision-making. And then, as you said, it makes it a lot easier to say no or yes to something, because if it's taking you off your path, then it's, it's it may not even be a no forever. It might just be a not right now. This isn't where I see myself going. This is a, is a goal that I have myself for myself within the next 12 to 18 months. But as far as where I am currently, this doesn't really align for me. I agree. And your values can evolve over time. As you go through different chapters in your life, your values can change. And so it's important to really uh, check in with those values, whether it's you know, annually you're checking in to make sure you're going into the new year with the same values that you had last year. Um, do you need to evolve something? You do need to add something. That's really good. So when you think about wealth, how do you define it? Um, I would say wealth for me is really equivalent to financial independence. So when I think about wealth for me, it's, it's not having to rely on outside, outside source for income, for money, um, for my livelihood. So I, I really, I, I, I align wealth with financial independence and being able to provide for myself and my family comfortably, um, as well as setting up my children and the next generation for success as well. So really starting from um, the foundation that my parents and grandparents and my, my husband's parents and grandparents have set up for us, building off of that so that we can um, pass it on to the next generation and continue to 
build that financial independence and um and especially in in black and brown communities i i I think it's so important that we just really grasp the concept that we are worth financial independence we are worth um wealth being wealthy we are worth worth having generational wealth and after years and years and years of being taught otherwise it's up to us and to really affirm our truth and affirm our worthiness in and what that we what we bring to the table and knowing that we can create wealth and financial independence for ourselves and our families our neighbors our communities um, and those around us and continue to prevail forward that's a perfect transition to my next question because my next question was how do you define legacy and then how what are some of the money moves you and yo are making now so that your children can be can have a, a more financially successful um, time than you had when you were their age um, well, I'll say with, with legacy is, I, I feel like we are very much building that in our business. Um, one, we're creating opportunity for our children to, um, to grow into the business with us, if that's something that they, they dream to do. Um, and really the next realm of legacy is just making sure we're saving money, that we're not living paycheck to paycheck and that we are planning for education we're planning for what's next um and i can just share a story about uh the difference in our two children so um seth who's 19 who is um, in college at diller university um, when he was born my husband was 22 years old just starting in his career starting to really build his legacy and um, you know we didn't really have much money saved for him for college and um, whereas now with my daughter who's three um, it's a different path we've we've been saving money for her in a 529 uh, education account since before she was born and and um, and I, I really think that it 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 comes to the fact of learning from Learning from the path, from the past, whether it's learning from your parents, your grandparents, um, building off of that so that you can further build your family legacy um, in, in that spectrum financially. And um, just being aware of your current financial state, being honest with yourself so that you can build and plan for what's next and what you want. Um, and I, I think a huge part of building a legacy is creating that vision for your life and not only having the vision, but having the belief that that vision is possible for you and your family. And, um, and then with that, taking action so that you can really build that legacy of, um, of wealth, if that's what a, a legacy of, of education. Um, thinking about my son, Seth, who's in school, it makes me so proud. I get messages from him about him going grocery shopping and, and how he feels so much more, um, I guess, advanced when it comes to shopping for himself, because from day one, we've taught him about buying in bulk and, um, you know, buying off brand and buying at certain grocery stores. And I'd say over the course of the last 18 months, he's been in school we received several updates about how he saved money here and how we taught him well. 
And when I really look back at, as, as I mentioned, the difference between where we were at financially with Seth and where we're at now with my daughter, Amira, um, I, I know that the one, the two things that we have taught Seth is one, how to save money and two, how to make money. And it makes me so proud because he's in college. He's, um, and he makes money by um, pursuing his passions, doing editing jobs, doing things here and there. And, uh, and it's beautiful. It's just a beautiful reflection of, to me, our legacy. We've been able to pass on to him, son, you have to save money. If you want to save money, I know how to make money. So he is on his path. He loves, he loves the school that he's in. He's set up. And I think just looking at my daughter, it's making sure too that we're instilling that in her, leading by example, having the conversations about money, making the topic of money a household conversation. It's not something we want to brush on the table. It's not something, it's not the elephant in the room. It's the obvious. We're talking as a family. Uh, my daughter's three years old. We're, you know, she already knows that there's a uh, there's a value to a coin. She understands that there's a there's value there and just continuing to build from that. And so we don't leave our children in the dark so they're not coming out of college or high school rather, trying to figure it out. It's passing on the knowledge, passing on the lessons, and for the most part, passing on the financial wealth so that our legacy can continue, our children can go on to be better, more wealthy, um, more knowledgeable than, than we had the opportunity to do and hopefully continue to pass that on. So great. I know that people, I feel like older people always say, you know, if I knew what I knew now, th then I would be in such a different place. And I know that my dad is definitely a big, he's been a big educational resource for me as I have grown, grown older, you know, got me set up with getting my credit in order very early on. You know, got, I had a credit card at 16, but it was very clear this is for gas purposes. You pay it off at the end of every month, that kind of thing. Um, and so, and even what you're saying, like having multiple income streams, the entrepreneurial spirit I have, I know it comes directly from my dad and my, my aunt, who's his sister. And, you know, I think that they have always created this understanding in me that while I know that there are certain things that happen in life that you cannot control, sometimes when I look at them, I'm like, and me and my sister have talked about that this year even, like being flat broke is sometimes a choice because a lot of times we have the skills in our hands, but we're not willing to put the work in that we need to, to get the payoff. And people will look at, entrepreneurs that have been successful or you know I know I've been paying a ton of attention to social media influencers this year and just how people think that oh well, they just do this and they just take pictures and it's like you don't understand one what it took for them to even build the following that they have that brands would be even willing to work with them but then two all the behind the scenes stuff so yes you do see the final product of the photo but you don't see them having a scheduled photo shoot them being out for eight hours at a time you know them having to send photos over to brands to see if they're approved to be to be put on their platform if not what needs to be edited and so uh the you have to work to make money i mean that really resonates with me and there's so many scriptures in the bible that talk about how if a man doesn't work he doesn't eat and that that applies to us as women as well you know if you're not willing to put your hands to the plow in certain instances, then 
you can't really be mad if you don't have the finances that you wish that you had. And what I've also learned, especially this year, is that it doesn't take as much as you would think. While my husband and I, from a financial standpoint, in previous years have made more money, we actually have more in our savings now than we did when we were making more money. Because sometimes when you have all that money coming in, you're not concerned with saving it because you're like, we always going to have money. We always going to be good. But even the, the principle of saving 10% of every check that you get, I mean, that you can, depending on your income, you can save $1,000 in a month time. It just, it's just really, it really just depends on how focused you are on it. And so I really love well, that think, you're being that intentional about it. I think it goes back to what you were saying about being broke, right? It's, I, I, I believe that it's really a mindset. It, there's a limiting belief. There's a mental block from an individual who just can't see past where they're at. It's like they, they can't see it. And like you said, they can judge other people's actions or lack of actions. But when it comes to um, their, their self and their finances, they don't see it for themselves. And they just can't, they can't get one foot in the front of the other to get there. And and that really stems back to doing some of that work and identifying some of the money blocks and maybe some childhood trauma around finances, around work ethic, things like that, so that you can identify those things and try to move past them. Absolutely. And I think I know that for me, that is something that I had to get over. And I think, again, this year, just a lot of us have had a lot of time for reflection. And I think for me, I had to get to a place where I understood, you know, if I don't have money, like part of that is on me. And and people who y'all who have listened to the podcast, you know, my money story, like there's sometimes you just put, put the work in and it doesn't come to anything or you're like, okay, God, not really understanding why this hasn't come to anything. But even now, literally, as I'm sitting here recording this with you, you know, different opportunities have been popping up recently. And I'm thinking if I didn't put the work in two years ago, even though I felt like I was working for nothing, I felt like I was working for free. If I didn't put that year work in two years ago, then I don't get where I am currently. So you really do just have to have that self-discipline that says this is going to pay off eventually. And that's another scripture that's one of my favorites in Proverbs that just talks about how diligence produces wealth. Like if you're, if you're diligent about something, you're going to make money. Like it's going to happen. So you just have to kind of put, put, and I, put off those distractions. Yes. Yes. And I think as you, as you mentioned, just in the current times, I think it's really important that we look at this as a, a marathon, a marathon mindset. So when it comes to, um, when it comes to entrepreneurship, when it comes to managing your finances, when it comes to your overall health, physically, mentally, emotionally, in the current state that we're in during this pandemic, we have an election coming up. It's having the marathon mindset that I have to keep, I get to stay diligent in the, routine, in the routines and the daily work and the self-care each and every day so that I can get through this successfully, so that I can get through this um, on the other side and not that this is a short term, oh, let me hurry up and try to do this and see if I get paid. Just like you mentioned, you've put the time in over the past years, and now that work's starting to show up. So just being very diligent in your day-to-day, -day, your, um, like I said, the, the, the daily work, and trusting the process, trusting the journey, 
knowing that you're going to get there. If you have belief and you're connecting that belief with action and you continue to press forward, you're going to manifest exactly what it is that you want to create for yourself and your family. Yes, you just have to be willing to put the work in. I mean, I, I'm like, that could be, that could really summarize this whole episode because if whether you're, we're talking about the work in to understand what your money mindset is or your money blocks or the work in to actually say, you know what, instead of com complaining about my job and saying that I don't make enough, I'm either going to look for a new job that has a higher salary or I'm going to look at additional income streams, which for me, years ago, I listened to an episode of Courtney Sanders had on her podcast and she was talking about, it was either on her podcast or a course that she did, but she said that your job should never be the center of your financial universe. And I feel like that's all the more true for us as Christians. Like if you are looking for one, one, we know that God is the ultimate source, right? And that everything else is a resource. But if you are, if you have all your eggs in one basket, or if you have all these gifts, but you're only using a portion of them at your, at your job. It's like, no, how can I monetize these other things? And I tell people, not everything is supposed to make you money, but if you notice that people are consistently coming to you for a specific skill set that you have, you know, I think about you, even with you has, yes, you have this company, but you also have your yoga business and sometimes you'll take on private clients and sometimes you'll do pop-up classes. And so thinking about it like that, there just really isn't a reason if you are really determined to reach a specific financial goal that you can't put the time and the work in to get to it. And yes, it may take you longer than the average person because of different factors that you may have. You know, I think about me and even as with, I'm sure you could say the same thing with you as a mom, I can't work at the same pace as other people because I'm getting so much done <laughs> this week because my children are out of town, but like I have to factor in snack time and bedtime and bath time. And so I can't work late into the evening or, you know, like if I want to work in the morning, my children are going to be up at a certain time. And I know that that's going to transition into their day. So I can't look at the single person or the person who's married and doesn't have kids and be like, oh man, they're reaching their things more quicker than me. It's not about that. It's just about setting your goal and working at it consistently. And at the end of the day, you'll get to your goal when you're supposed to get to your goal in the same way that they're going to get to their goal when they need to get to their goal. Absolutely. And I, and I think it goes back to, as you were saying, if you have those, those talents and that passion and you're, you're only allowing yourself to really share in one realm of your life, but it's just really identifying how you can be of service and trusting that, you know, your, your education, your skills, your background, if you really allow yourself, okay, how can I serve others? How can I help others? You're going to find a way to make money because you're going to be helping people and it's going to come back to you tenfold. In, in ways that you may not have ever imagined. But I, I think, you know, when it, when it comes to uh, the different realms that I'm in, as far as, as you mentioned, health and fitness, yoga, finance, it's just really wanting to pour into others and being of service. And it's sharing the information, sharing what I know, sharing what I've experienced. And if other people find it valuable, then, then great. And if not, I'm going to continue because I'm passionate about it. I'm confident in the work that I've done and I'm confident in the impact that it's made on my life. And, and I just hope that it'll make that same impact on others. Love it. So you talked about pouring into other people and I would love to know what are some of the best ways that you and Neo have poured into your business this year, whether it be a financial investment that you've made, or you've talked about expanding your team, which 
so many people look at that as like, well, that's costing money. Yeah, but that's free. It's also freeing me up for these other things to go and make the money that I would be quote unquote losing by hiring this person. So I would love to know some of your best business investments from this year. Um, well, I would say one of them has been a 2X coaching program. It, um, we actually started that in June. And so we were on a 90 day run and, um, coming out of that 90 day coaching period, um, it just really gave us a solid foundation as far as our systems and our training to be able to create a platform to hire others. And, um, because we learned prior to taking the coaching program, when we did hire someone that we did not have the train training set up. And so it created a huge delay in our business. And so just investing in a coaching program with different entrepreneurs who have worked with um, hundreds of companies and help them save and make money over years and just having that extra insight and weekly accountability. So every week meeting with our business coach and dissecting our business, uh, that's been a, a huge investment uh, financially and even with our time, but it's also um, the, the reward that has come out of it as far as how we show up for our team, the, the leadership, the, um, the systems that we have now have in place so that we are better equipped for when we do grow, uh, as we continue to grow, that we can hire on new people and not have that delay in our business. So that's been a huge investment for us. Um, again, it's just having, um, having that support, that business coaching support. And then, um, when it comes to our team, uh, yeah, we, like I said, we started the year 2020, we had three employees. Um, we hired one employee, uh, very part-time in January and then, uh, COVID hit and, um, we were still growing though. We were still very much thriving. Uh, you know, thank God that our business and our clients saw value in what we offer. And we've been able to continue to grow from there, uh, bringing on two more employees since, since January. And, um, you know, as you mentioned, yes, it does cost us money, but it frees up my time. It frees up my husband's time so that we're not spending as much time working in the business, but we're strategizing on the business and how we can continue to um, expand our reach, how we can continue to service our clients more efficiently and put together better systems. Um, and also uh, create jobs for others like that. That is extremely, extremely like heartwarming for us to be able to provide to other households and support other households. Um, and in the black community, like we're a black owned business, our, our, our team as of right now, we're all, all black minorities. And I, I think it's very important, especially in the height of the, the BLM movement that we're very confident in that, in, in what we are creating and what we're bringing to the table, not only for ourselves, but for the community. And, um, that's definitely helped us as far as, uh, and investing or reinvesting into our business. So good. So I would love to know, you know, because obviously we, we feature women of faith on, on this podcast and I talk a lot about my faith on this podcast, but I would love to know what role y your faith plays in 
to your business, especially when you are um, in seasons where, like this, where we were talking offline, where it's like, okay, God, things are going kind of quick. I, I, I know you with me, but I feel like I, I can't breathe on this. So I would love you to just share a little bit of insight into how your faith helps you as you continue to grow your business. Oh, absolutely. Um, well, I definitely stay in gratitude on, on a daily. I give thanks to God every day um, as I get out the bed for my many blessings. And, um, and we, we also pray as a, as a family, um, giving thanks for our, our business, for our health, for for the many things that have taken place over the, over the course of the year that have just really been a, a blessing to us. And I, I really want to say that, you know, without faith, without the gratitude, without the trust, I wouldn't be where I'm at today. And just standing very firmly in trusting that I am supported and it's not just me, that I, I have the strength and support um, of, of God behind me and, and helping me lead my team, helping me lead my family, helping me really see a bigger vision for my life and our company. Um, and that's been a huge, uh, a huge, um, foundation and momentum in us continuing to press forward and, and just trusting and believing in the process, even in challenging times. So along with faith, obviously another really important thing within our community is community itself. Um, how do you feel like community has helped you, not just with your business specifically, but you know, in the roles of, of managing, being a mom, a wife, a business owner, you know, a caretaker, and all of those different roles that you have to live out daily? Um, well, I definitely, I strongly believe that it it takes uh, it takes a, a village to raise a family, raise a business, um, and to really get the support needed to thrive in, in any economy and any um, wherever you're at. And so, um, for me, community has definitely been um, a huge part of, of my my path. And I want to say, I guess, newly to me as I've been here in Texas, um, is just connecting with different communities. And I know, um, you know, you were the one of the first women I met out here and you connected me with a community of moms who have really um, helped me feel connected to my new environment. And so I definitely feel like having that community base has made me feel more um, welcome and more settled here in this new territory in Texas. Uh, whereas living in California, being born and raised, I had a, a very strong community and support. Um, and I, I think just having that even back home in California, just really even gave me the confidence uh, to try something different to, you know, push myself. And I think it's really important to surround yourself with people that um, speak the same language of you in terms of, um, of goals and, and the things that they want for themselves and surrounding yourself with, with positive people because you know having one negative person in your life could really bring you down and really make you think less of yourself and less of what's possible for you. 
Whereas if you were surrounding yourself by a group of women who are, uh, who believe in you and believe in your worth, then they're going to help to elevate you and push you to the next level. So I definitely think um, there's two different realms to that. There's community in a broad spectrum of having access to people around you. And then there's having your, your tight knit group of women or group of, of people, family members, friends that support you and cheerlead for you no matter what. Because when times come up, if times are challenging and, and you feel like your back is against the wall, you definitely want to make sure you have people in your corner that are going to push you to get uncomfortable, to press forward, to pursue your goals, and to not give up. Absolutely. And uh, the thing that you said that stuck out with me the most is... Well, you said a lot of things. I mean, obviously community is like my jam. Otherwise, Black Girls with Purpose probably wouldn't be here. But um, even knowing that, you know, community is twofold, it's the larger sense of community, but then those people that you have that you know you can lean on. And then when you were talking about putting yourself around people that speak the same language as you, I mean, when you said that, I immediately thought of my childhood friendship and again people who have listened to the podcast for a while um, know a part that was a part of my my testimony and and I didn't realize it until a few years ago that I think that having a toxic friend was really played heavily into me contemplating suicide as a teen because I just felt like well if this is someone who's close to me and these are the things that they think about me like maybe they're right but when you are not around a supportive community or people who can, even if they don't fully understand your vision, will you know, advocate for you and you know share even simple things like share your post or share your podcast episode with somebody. If you're not around those kinds of people, then whether knowingly or unknowingly, you start to shrink back because you don't want to share your wins with them because you feel like, well, every time I share, this is what's going on with me. They're, they either say something that's going on with them too, you know, con- not in a girl, yay, we all win in, but more of a competitive sense, or yeah. they say, well, girl, that's good for you. Cause I know I'm over here and I'm just, I'm barely trying to make it. And you, I think even having that awareness has helped me to be a better friend when I'm even listening to other people and listening to understand, not just to respond. Um, I think it really can make a difference. So I love that you touched on that. I would love to know how you are working to help. And obviously I know that you have Amira and, and it's awesome when, when we have children because obviously that plays a big part in our legacy. But even other people, other young women who, of color who are coming up behind you, you know, how you are working to, to establish a legacy for them. I know one of you all, one of y'all's employees is your, is your younger sister-in-law, right? So just thinking about how you are helping that money mindset move um, into different generations. Um, well, one of the things is, well, that we offer through the money script are uh, free financial literacy courses. So just really getting the information out there, giving access to the information. Um, and anytime I have opportunity um, to share my insights when it comes to money, when it comes to uplifting or empowering other women, I'm definitely going to make sure I use that platform to do so. Um, what comes up for me is being a part of the small um, virtual workout group and um, that I started working out with back in March. And it really started with me just kind of showing up to get my workout in. But then I realized I had this community of women that, um, that I could pour into as well. And so just 
seeing that platform as an opportunity of um, empowering women and reminding them to take control of their finances, to take, take control of their health, to affirm their truth, to set intentions for the day, um, and just really being in confidence and in the work that I'm doing, and also being consistent in the work that I'm doing, because when I'm doing the work, I'm more available to share from that space of this is what works for me. Um, you know, these are the, the things that have come up for me in the past that I want to pass on to you to try to do differently and to do better than that I've done in the past. And so I think it's just really using any platforms that I have um, to share that message and um, and even just, just being here today with you. You know, this is something for me, it's uh, getting me uncomfortable in, in terms of um, speaking up more and, and using my voice to really share my um, my beliefs and the work that I've done and empowering others um, and any opportunity I, I can or that I have, even if it feels a little uncomfortable for me because my intention is to be able to pass on the message and, and, and pass on the, the opportunity for someone else to do better based off of what I've been exposed to. Absolutely. So that's a great uh, transition to our up close and purposeful segment. So these are questions that we ask every guest that comes onto the podcast. And the first question is, what does it mean to you to be a black girl with purpose? Um, I believe that it means living, living in your light um, and sharing it with the world. And, uh, and with that, just really being your best self, allowing yourself to be your best self, allowing yourself to see yourself in that light um, and following your calling. If you have a calling, if you have something that, um, that you've been wanting to pursue, allowing yourself to pursue it. So just being very purposeful in pursuing your, your passions and pursuing, um, the message that you want to deliver and finding a way to serve others. Excellent answer. Next question, and this is so fitting for you. Uh, what do you find yourself grateful for in this season? I'm like, just one thing, or <laughs> I am just grateful. What I'm really grateful for, and I think I've spoke about this throughout our time together, is just a lot of the work that I've done over the past years that have really um, better prepared me for some of the challenges of 2020 that have come our way. And uh, just really grateful for just my awareness of, um, of doing, of the value of doing the work and uh, really grateful for our team. Grateful to have a, a team that believes in the vision that we have for our, our company and the impact that we're making. Um, grateful for you in this time. Um, you know, I'm, I'm really grateful, as I mentioned, you being one of the first women that I've met out here and just the influence that you've had on me. Uh, grateful for the work you're doing and just to be able to have some of those conversations when it comes to um, really pursuing purpose, when it comes to momming, when it comes to juggling everything and having you uh, there for me to support me in that manner. And I'm really grateful for that. I'm grateful to be here. Oh. <laughs> um, so what's next for 
the money script and money script wealth management as you all look to end out quarter four strong and then look into 2021, which even saying 2021 is like, what? <laughs> Help me. I'm not ready. I know. I know. It's, it's crazy. So yeah, fourth quarter, uh, we're definitely just continuing to press forward. Uh, we're actually going to be um, expanding our online presence. We have one website. We actually have two websites, but we're revamping them and really making them more user-friendly and, and uh, more in alignment with the vision we have for our branding. Um, so kind of just elevating our um, company branding uh, period. What's next? All right. So we have the, the Money Script podcast. We actually just launched uh, season two. So you can find the Money Script podcast on any platform where you can download um, podcasts and it's the Money Script. So we just launched season two. So continuing to engage in the conversation with other business owners and influencers on uh, financial literacy and bringing free resources to uh, the marketplace and uh, continuing to press forward with that. And then what else do we have? Um, I think that's it. Just really, um, we've been really focusing on reaching out to uh, some of the HBCUs so that we can offer financial literacy to some of the college um, uh, college level um, because we, you know, it starts there, being able to manage your finances uh, before you get out into the quote unquote real world. And, um, and so that's been a focus for us. So financial literacy, that's, that's really it. And continuing to expand our reach, continuing to uh, get more clear on how we can get our, our messaging out there, how we can get the information out there, continuing to grow as individuals, as business owners, um, and press forward and, and thrive through current times. Fantastic. So what's the best way for our community to get plugged in? And then how, if there was one thing that they could do to support you, what would that be? Um, well, I guess they go hand in hand. You can find The Money Script on Instagram. It's at The Money Script. So go ahead and follow us. Once you follow us, you'll see the link in the bio that um, lists all of the current uh, financial literacy courses. It, it'll list our, um, our e-courses that you can download, um, any current products that we might be selling. Um, you can also schedule a complimentary discovery session if you want to learn more about how to get financial planning. If it's something that would be ideal for you and your family, you can schedule a complimentary discovery session um, just clicking through the links there. And um, other than that, yeah, follow our page, share it. If you know anybody who is looking to um, enhance their financial mindset, their financial independence, definitely send them our way. And um, other than that, continue to have those money dates with yourself, have those money dates with your spouse, just being confident and taking control of your finances and, and planning for what's to come. Fantastic. Well, this has been a great interview. I love talking about money and I wish that most more people would talk about money because like you said, in our, our culture, 
it definitely was that girl that's rude to ask about money but no like not at, not talking about money just positions us not to have any in my opinion so I'm really grateful for this conversation um, I hope that we said something today that will encourage people who are listening to this and that they will follow those action steps that you just gave even if it's just sitting down and saying you know what what is what are my values when it comes to money and how how are my current actions in alignment with those values that i've set so i thank you again for being our guest um it's been a pleasure for me and i will definitely make sure that we link to all of your social media your website in our show notes so that people can get connected with you quickly i love that thank you so much All right, Purpose Peeps, that's it for this week. If you enjoyed today's episode, please do one of three things for me. First, post a screenshot and key takeaway on your Instagram story and tag us at Black Girls of Purpose so we can repost you. Second, if you think someone would enjoy this episode, please share it with them. And then third, please leave a review so we can continue to reach a lot of people with this podcast. It is such a pleasure to come to you guys each and every week, and I'm so looking forward to continuing to grow our community. I'll talk to you next week.